Hey everyone, this is Brittany, and we are on episode 72. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, I will be honest. I really wanted to title this episode, It's Not the Algorithm's Fault, People Just Don't Care About What You're Saying. But one, that was really wordy. And two, it's rather negative. All that to say, we touch on that topic when Carmen and I dive into the reasons behind her rebranding. First, though, let's talk a little bit about Carmen. Carmen Hunter is the founder for the Institute for Functional Health Coaching, Carmen Hunter Health, and the creator of Education, Preparation, and Action, a proven method of bridging the gap between the patient, client, and practitioner using functional health coaching. She has over 10 years of experience in the wellness industry to include coaching hundreds of one-on-one clients, group training, and teaching coaches and practitioners worldwide how to collaborate for better client outcomes and business success. She believes that the wellness industry needs a big shift in how we are serving the people who need us and that the key to client compliancy is connection and communication. On to the interview. All right, Carmen, welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. So I'm really interested in everyone's personal branding journey, but yours in particular, because I think our current goals align in a really great way. And that is that value first, service first, and other things will follow in due course. It all comes full circle, but you have to put yourself out there and really come back to the value of who you are and what you have to offer. And I'd love to hear your take on this and kind of your own journey to this realization as well. Yeah. And it's such a great question because I think that sometimes when we get into the other side of business, when it comes into, you know, you're an entrepreneur you're diving and you're learning, you're, you're grabbing every shiny object. I at least had the tendency to reach for those objects and forget what really was real for me or what felt good to me as a, as a health coach. So that's how I started my business as a health coach. And I am not a fancy person. I've always thought I just want to help people. If I put my heart out there, I'm going to be able to do that. But then people started saying, oh no, you've got to have photography and you've got to have colors that match and your fonts have to be the same. And you have to do webinars. And I started to feel very claustrophobic and smothered by what was expected of me to do in my business. And I forgot about the authenticity part and not necessarily the honesty, but I became someone who was more focused on the branding and the way that I looked as opposed to what I was feeling and what I wanted to do for people in this space. And so that went on for several years, you know, where I was just trying to find my way. And after succumbing to many financial disasters, a lot of mistakes, changing my, my brand three different times and my focus, I came to this realization this past year that I'm not any of those things that people keep telling me I should be. And, and, and it, my business was suffering because of it. And so rebranding to me, even though all of my colors and all of those beautiful things I paid for stayed the same, really came from inside of me. And, and the rebranding part was me showing up as authentically and open-hearted and, and heart-centered as I possibly could so that I can attract the people that are trying to do the same and bring back just a real service-oriented feeling around the health and wellness industry. So I consider the rebranding of myself to be an internal thing and to really not put so much focus on all of the outside things that people were telling me I should be doing in order to be successful. Because I found more success as I rebranded from the inside out. 
that make sense? Absolutely. And I, I'll say, as you started talking, I thought, oh boy, oh, I don't know if this is going to go well because you, I mean, I'm a brand strategist. I do brand photography and I was thinking um, this might not go so well, but I love the way you framed it that yes, you paid good money for some photos and for your colors to match and all of that. But the rebranding actually came from within you. Mm -hmm. That is where the core of it all is. And I say the same thing to people who listen to this podcast. I say it to my own personal clients as well, which is brand strategy is the first step. And in my definition of brand strategy, that is who you are, who you serve and how you serve them. And then there's all the pretty stuff that comes after that. Yes, you're going to have to show up visually and that means there will be colors and there will be photos and you'll have to do the social media posts and all of that. But that is all going to clinch on the brand strategy of who you are, who you serve and, and really how you serve them. And I think that's the part that you're kind of revisiting and talking about here. Is that correct? Totally. A hundred percent. And let me just say this too, is even though I did it backwards, I did the colors and all that. And I was like, I like, that's pretty. And that's pretty. A little bit about the branding for me was, you know, what spoke to me. So I did go out and do a little bit of soul searching when I picked those colors and all of that. But here's the interesting thing that even though I did it backwards, as I become more authentic in my space and show up as who I truly am, I'm getting more comments about my colors and how beautiful they are and how they match me and my and I, that I show up more vibrantly than I ever got them before I became myself, if that makes any sense at all. It completely makes sense because when you start expressing yourself authentically, people will see you more. I like to say that when you get clear, you get visible. And if you weren't feeling clear on it yourself, it's just one area that you're remaining hidden in a way. So once you get clear, once you start saying, no, this is who I am, this is what I stand for, people will notice, and then they're going to notice those brand applications like your colors. Yes, exactly. I love that. I love that you said that when you get clear, you become visible because that's so true. For so long, I felt like, I'm like, why am I not being seen here? What is going on? Why is our traffic so low? And it wasn't algorithms or anything crazy like that. It was that I would watch a video of mine, and I would not even be able to get through it because I'm like, that doesn't even feel like who I am. It does, nothing feels aligned. So that's 100% how I felt. And when I started to become just more like, you know, intuitive, tapping into who I was, um, even down to like wearing things that I felt made me more me. It was very interesting. If you see any of my pictures on my website, my clothes like matched the colors and it wasn't an on purpose type of thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is who I am, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's, there's so much that can be said for doing things intentionally to boost your confidence. And I think there's the, the age old, I'm an online entrepreneur. I can do work in my pajamas. And then you actually start working as an entrepreneur and you're like, yeah, I'm not doing my best work in my pajamas. Yeah. And you realize you need like a work uniform, but that doesn't mean that that work uniform is not you. It just means that you're doing something in a time and a place and it should still feel like you and feel comfortable enough so that you can do your work. But in my opinion, and this is just for me at least, if I go out and about out of the house in the exact same thing I'm wearing while I'm sitting here doing this interview, for example, it feels right in both circumstances because it's me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing something that's like a, a costume, you know? Yes. Yes. I hundred percent feel the same way. And you know, sometimes I can be pajamas from the waist down, but as long as I feel confident from the waist up when I'm working, right? Because, you know, I'm teaching people all over the world and it's like, if I'm back to back, sometimes I just have to be comfortable. But from the waist up, I've got to be dialed in. I absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm wearing leggings right now, so don't worry. We're <laughs> we're on the same page of the waist we're down the thing. Page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you did this entire process, when you came back to yourself and realized, okay, no, no, I need to find ways of, of being me. How did that start showing up in your branding for you? What changed in the outward mode? Because obviously you've done the inner reflection, but what changed in other people's view? In other people's view. It's, it's very funny because I never saw myself like, you know, I show up as I am for the most part when it's, you know, when I'm teaching students behind closed doors, I'm not out to the public, right? And then they'll say, you know, out in the real world, they might see me on something else and they'll say, where's your hat? Because I'm known for wearing cute little hats and, and, you know, the hat coach or whatever. And so I had someone once tell me, you're not, you're not doing a boat cruise here. Why are you wearing hats, right? You, you shouldn't be wearing hats when you're out there to the world. But I thought, this is how I show up, right? This is how I feel most comfortable. And so I went back and looked at those things too. And I think branding is a lot of self-reflection and getting honest with yourself and that was one thing I really had to do. I had to look at myself and say, okay, you definitely need a little bit of work here and work on that a little bit more in your physical appearance and what you're wearing and things like that. That was hard for me because, you know, I think sometimes it's hard for us to show up dressed up and doing our hair and trying to not necessarily compete, but to fit into this space. So for me, I also started doing things that showed me in totality. I started teaching, standing up and showing people that you don't always have to be perfectly fit to be a health coach because a lot of branding, you know, issues that I hear from health coaches is I don't look the part. I don't look like, you know, a healthy person. How can I get business this way? So I always tell people show up exactly as you are, share your journey, but be who you are. First and foremost, no matter what, whether you've got a hat on or just a regular, it doesn't matter. People are going to see through that, right? Oh, totally. And, and personally, I have the same opinion for a health coach that I would for an exercise instructor, which is the example I'll give. I don't want to take Pilates from someone who's 5'10 and could nicely be described as willowy or statuesque. It's not someone who deals with the same issues that I do. I want a real woman teaching me. It's not to say I want someone morbidly obese either, but right. you know, I want someone who understands that, you know, I have like body issues. I have a knee injury that I'm nursing right now. I want someone who understands that rather than you know, some 23-year-old who's never had to deal with, you know, having two children, for example. Right. Yeah. And I will say, I'm glad you said that because it is a challenge in the health and wellness space. You know, people, they're always looking at someone that's not even parallel to how much experience they have or how much money they have. And they're trying to live up to these types of things. And that never leads to success for their business at all, because they're trying to emulate someone else that has nothing to do with who they are. And I always suggest to people, get somebody who really can figure out who you are so you will be my referral. You're going to be plugged into my curriculum because people ask all the time, how can I find someone that can see who I am and put that into a brand for me? And I'm like, you're going to have to find that right person. You're going to have to have those conversations, let them see into your life a little bit, which was important to me too, is that I was able to fill out a form when I was doing all of this that shared a little bit of the hard journey that I had gone through. And I wasn't perfectly healthy, but I wanted to show up as who I was. So how do I do that and still be authentic, right? So what was the big realization you had that allowed you to move into that space of authenticity? Again, it was the traffic thing. It was like I had everything perfectly done. Everything, the websites were finished. I had everything in place. I had all my funnels set up. Everything was going exactly as it should on the outside, but I could feel myself hanging on really tightly when I needed to just let go. And honestly, I went to Italy. This is the craziest part of it all is that I was holding on so tightly to everything in my business because my whole life had kind of fallen apart the last year, right? Which led to all of this, this change. 
But before I left, I said, make decisions and apologize later. I have to let go. I have to let go and, and get out of this space. I'm hanging on too tightly to my business. I was constricting it to the point of absolute, like no sales, no enrollments, frustration all the way around. I came back from Italy and I felt like a different person. I showed up as a different person. I was more relaxed about things. And it was because I took time to center myself while I was gone. I think that is one of the most important things that we can do is to take that space for ourselves so we can reconnect with who we really are. I think that sometimes that's an ever-changing process. I mean, it was for me. That was the moment. I love that. So taking time away is really what changed things for you. You know, that shift in perspective, just that space. And, and sometimes I, I feel like it's really just the stepping back. I love that you told your team to just make decisions and apologize later. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not somebody who gets upset either. So if something is done and I'm like, well, okay, that, now we know that doesn't work. Let's figure out something else. But I do believe in that constriction and, you know, opening up that constriction for abundant flow. And when we hang on too tightly and we get too focused on the tiny little details, we forget again about how we want to show up in the world. And that stops the flow of abundance every single time. I've watched it happen this entire year, multiple times. Um, and so the final thing for me was that trip when I came home and I felt free of that constrictive feeling and everything changed. The way that people were responding, the emails that were being opened up, everything changed and started to flow better. That's a really incredible story. And obviously it's very personal to you and it's reasonably fresh as well. So what would you say to someone who's in your same space that you were, you know, maybe a year ago, what would you tell them so that you could duplicate this experience? And one of the first pieces of advice I give to people if they want a successful business is to take a really good look at your own personal life first, because what's happening in your personal life will always follow you into your business. Being in a situation where I wasn't, I didn't feel free to be who I was because of the circumstances of a long, you know, almost 18 year marriage and all the details doesn't matter. It could be, you know, a breakup with a, with a girlfriend. It could be, you know, bad relationship with your parents or toxicity somewhere else in your life. Those things will always affect your business 100% because you're not going to show up as your best and true, most honest self if your personal life is a disaster. So my very first piece of advice to anybody that feels like their business is struggling or they're struggling to show up in their business as who they are is step back and look at what's happening in the world around you outside of your business first, because there's always going to be a place for you to do some janitorial work, straight things up, you know, set some boundaries so that you feel free to enter into your business as who you are. I love that janitorial work. That is perhaps the best way I've heard that described. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, clean up, clean things up around the edges for sure. So once someone's done that, they've looked at their life and said, okay, there's this energy suck over here. Let's clean that up. Now I can focus on who I am so that I can bring that back to my business. What's the next step for them at that point? At that point would be to get really honest about who it is that they want to attract into their life. And I always say, let's build a business that works for you and not uh, one that you have to work so hard for. Because if we're trying to attract all of the wrong people based on what we think we should be doing, niching or whatever it is, a lot of people think they should niche here or do this or do that. Check in with yourself and say, who do I want to attract into my life so that I can have success and they can have success? It really, not every person that comes your way is a client. So getting real about who's, who's looking for you and who you're looking for as well is really important. I actually have that on one of my fees and services forums, what to expect from working with me. It has been one of the biggest, best filters I've ever had. One of the biggest tools for my business. I tell the universe, the world, whatever you want to call it, who I am and what I'm looking for. 
and who I want to work with. And since I created that, I have attracted the committed people, the ones who want to care more about themselves than, than I care about them, the ones who aren't married to an idea. So that was a really powerful thing for me to do is create that statement of what people should expect from working with me so I can draw the people in that I want to work with. Perfect. You know, one of the things that I've explained here on the podcast in the past, and I'll, I'll link to the episode in the show notes, is a lot of people out there have this idea. And, you know, you were talking about people needing to niche down. It doesn't matter what you call it. So some people will call it your target client, uh, your ideal client avatar. I think those are very jargony terms. I just like to call it your best client because here's the thing about a client avatar. You can have two 40-year-old women in the natural health space. Maybe they're even both juice cleanse enthusiasts. And I'm obviously making things up here, but they're, they're both 40. They're both juice cleanse enthusiasts. They're both teaching people how to do this. And one can be you know, a soft and nurturing kind of motherly role. And the other could be a hard go-getter. No, you, my way or the highway, tell it like it is. And those are very different experiences, but they technically fit into the same client avatar if you were to write it down on paper. And I think that's where so many business owners fall down. They say, this is the person I'm going to work with. And that's great, but then you attract all these different personality types. And I think that matters way more than somebody's age. A hundred percent. I agree with that a hundred percent. And one other thing I'd like to say too, is this is someone says, well, how can I compete with that young 25 year old again, you know, with the smoothie on the beach in Bali or whatever, how can I compete with that? I'm like, well, you, you can't, right. And you shouldn't try to, um, she's a life coach at age 21. How much life experience does she have? You are a 47 year old mother of three building a business that's been through a health journey. I can guarantee you there's an audience for you that would never even think about working with her. So it's always like, let's turn around and focus on ourselves. Way too, too often we're focusing on everything outside of us. The answers that we need for our business, for our personal life, everything is within us, but we get distracted by the outside world. And we think someone else knows better for us, which is crazy, right? We know what's best for us, but we get swayed. So I agree with you 100% on that. Two different types of coaches or people, there's someone for everyone out there. And oftentimes those things that we consider to be our own personal flaws are what attract those best clients to us because they see, they see what looks like a tiny little flaw in our world and little do they know it used to be a huge issue. So, you know, we figured out how to get on the other side of that issue. So now it just presents as that tiny little quirk, if you will, but they're attracted to it because they're like, I want that to not be such a big deal in my world. Like, look, that person's successful, even though they have this problem. Yes. That's what gains us our best clients a lot of the time. I agree. And I, I think to your point, you know, when I was a personal trainer, I would have people all the time, well, I, I don't look like you and I can't lift like you and I can't this like you. And, I'm, and here I am in my head going, I'm constipated. My stomach hurts. I, all I want to do is train you and get out of here so I can go home. We never know. That's another thing is we never know what's going on with people, right? And, and again, that was another thing. I didn't share a lot of that stuff in my early in my career because I was afraid it would turn people off. Oh, you're a personal trainer and health coach, but you've got problems, right? And, and so again, fast forward, when I started saying this is what I've dealt with and what I've been through, floods of people, they're like, oh my gosh, you're so relatable. Even though you look this way, you, you've dealt with these problems. It's, to me, it's about you know, knowing that there are people out there that I'm going to resonate with or they're gonna, I'm going to resonate for them. And I'm just not for everyone. I'm a triple A personality with a go-getter, kind of a you know, let's get it done, tough love personality. 
And that can be hard for some people. And I'm okay with that. So we need to also remember, in my opinion, when we're starting our businesses, that we need to make peace with what comes to us and then let go of what doesn't so that we can focus on what's in front of us. That keeps us, you know, in our own space, stay in our own yard, so to speak. Yeah. No, stay in your own lane. Totally. <laughs> Agree. Um, so tell me a little bit about HeartLink Up. Okay. So HeartLink Up, I'm really excited about. Myself and uh, Nicole Kimmel of Dima Licensing in the health and wellness industry, we have been, we just met and we felt like we'd known each other forever. I don't know. We, you know, we just hooked up and we decided we, we were these very fast talking heart-centered women that were, we just want to bring everyone together. And we've been doing some webinars and talking about the health and wellness industry a little bit and the things that we're experiencing from outside of us when we're trying to collaborate or work with people, you know, the no like trust thing that we're trying to establish. And what we've noticed that's missing is connection, like real human connection, even to the point where we could be on a meeting and some people don't want to show their face, right? People have been, have gotten so disconnected that we decided we're going to start the process of connecting people again in a real way. And so we started HeartLink Up, which is just this, this free group on Facebook. There's no talking about health and, and conditions and problems and all of that. It's just a place for all of us to start lifting each other up, to start knowing that, you know, if we start working from that heart-centered space again, that abundance will follow. And so it's just a place where people can come to just take a deep breath and become a part of a, a community that we hope continues to grow so that we can bring everyone back into this space that we're trying to come from. It's a real honest place to come in and share your struggles, but also be lifted up. And, you know, again, coming from a heart-centered place in the industry is very difficult because we have a lot of things out there shining at us to grab. And we just, we're trying to teach people not to do that. So one of the things that I have noticed, and I've been doing some form of brand strategy for six years now, but I've come to realize that there are certain years where a term starts getting overused and overplayed to where it loses its meaning. And I feel like next year that term might be heart-centered. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a little bit of it lately. I've seen a little bit more than I had in the past. And maybe it's just who I'm connecting with because I'm also yearning towards more authenticity in the online world. But if you had another way of describing heart-centered to people, how would you do that? So, and I'm with you, I agree. Um, it's just, it's kind of like the word peeps or, you know, you know, my tribe, like I never got into the tribe thing or anything like that. But it was the only word that really came, you know, when we would start to talk about it, we would say, how do we make decisions, right? So I'll describe it this way, and I can't promise that the word will change, but this is what I always try to explain. When we are making decisions in our life or in our business, we have two places that we usually make decisions from. One is from our ego and one is from our heart, right? And if we can get quiet for just a second, I mean, we don't always have a lot of time to do this before we make decisions, before we say things, before we engage or reach out or make changes, you know, we would more than likely 90% of the time take from this heart side, right? We would make decisions from here because genuinely, I believe all people are coming from a place where we want to be connected to each other. But if we make decisions too quickly or we get sucked into the wrong places or the wrong energy, we start over here. So to come from a heart-centered place means to get present, tap into your intuition, listen to what feels best to you, not what looks best or what someone else has told you is best, but what does it feel like from here, right? So maybe heartfelt, maybe that's a better word, coming from a more heartfelt place. There's a definite difference when you make a decision from your ego or your heart. This one always feels good. This one makes us go, oh, I don't know. Did I make that decision because someone else told me to? Or maybe my husband likes that better and I'm just going to want to make him happy or my friend or whatever it may be. But that's what we're trying to do is help people to come back and connect with themselves and start making decisions from there. Is that more accurate kind of a 
but I just wanted to get your take on it since you're on that same journey. And, you know, one of the things that I have felt myself this year, and this is veering off just a little bit, but is trying to figure out when I'm making decisions that could come from either ego or hearts, right? Am I saying that something doesn't feel good because I'm uncomfortable with it or because it truly isn't aligned with me? And I had a moment this summer where it kind of got crystal clear. And my then seven-year-old, we had just bought him a new bike and it was a bike that was probably a little bit too big in size for him, but he was already kind of moving out of the previous size. And it was just one of those weird times where there is no right size. So we bought him the bigger one so that he could grow into it. And he did not like it. He kept saying, this is hard. And he'd been riding a bike for you know three years. So it's not like he didn't know how to ride, but it felt different. And he had to learn gears and it was a new experience. And and all that to say, he's great at it now. But there was a period of time where he was saying, no, I want to go back to my old one. And you know, I kept saying, Finn, it's not wrong. It's just hard. And you have to get past where it's hard. And that was that moment where I was like, oh, I got to remember this for myself because there are times I should be making a good decision and it feels so uncomfortable that it's hard. And it, it was always in the past difficult for me to realize am I making this decision because I'm avoiding growth or am I making this decision because it's truly not the right path for me? And that's a hard line to find sometimes. Oh, I agree. I agree so much. And sometimes we just make that decision. And and even though we might feel like it might be wrong, there's always a reason. I always think, you know, everything happens exactly as it's supposed to. And so I always feel like this. So sometimes this is a good example. Um, you know, if you make a decision the day before, maybe about eating something or drinking something or staying up too late or something like that. And you're like, oh, I know that would have, would have been better to do it this way. The next day you think, okay, that's just another piece that gives me information for me, m- like mistakes or bad decisions or whatever. They're just, it's just information for making a different decision later. So even if we're uncomfortable with it, there's a reason for the discomfort. And sometimes if we just choose to make an ego decision, we just sometimes want to make, our, make an imperfect decision. And that's okay too. Before we wrap up here, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts is, is just that I hope that this, as we're, we're moving into the new year, right? And we're wrapping up the holidays and all that. I'm finishing an email that I am actually typing for my people. And it's you know, really focusing on the things that are, that are in our world that are not the tangible, touchable things this year. Um, maybe we can be more grateful and focus on those things a little bit more tightly as we move into 2020, carry the spirit of that forward and not get so focused on the shiny objects and materialistic things that are out there. I know that sounds very cliche, but it is really, it's an effort I am solidly committed to. And so, you know, I want to encourage other people to go along for the ride with this. I think we need more connection. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carmen. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thanks again to Carmen. I love her mission of disrupting the wellness industry and moving back to a more heartfelt way of helping others. I also love how she fully calls out that she's a triple A personality and gives so many great insights that cut right through that triple A into the heart of the manner. If you are looking to find out more about me, you can find me on my website, BrittanyGardner.com. That's B-R-I-T-N-E-Y Gardner.com or on Instagram at I am Brittany Gardner. That's all for now. Catch you next week.